0: what's going on guys it's nick here back with another video it's thursday it's time to go game by game talk about the players i'd be starting and sitting this week first up thursday night game bears at commanders this game has an average 44 and a half point total commanders five and a half point home favorites for the bears fields finally went off last week and he brought dj moore and cole comment with him unfortunately That was against a historically bad Denver defense, so it doesn't guarantee that Chicago's out of its funk. They're going to be great moving forward. Everyone's going to look good against Denver. The Commanders have an extremely good defense, you know, basically the opposite of Denver. Uh, This grades out as a negative matchup for everyone except for the wide receivers. Uh, Commanders have been so good stopping the run that teams go a little bit more pass-heavy. That's going to higher volume for wide receivers. I'd still consider Justin Fields a must-start. And if you've been rolling with Cole comment you know you don't have Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, you know the ones you mentioned, always at the top. Um, if you've been rolling with comment I don't know why you'd stop now. Just keep doing it. Uh, he grades out fairly well, unless you have another elite option. We're not streaming a tight end over Cole comment this week. Just play him. After that, DJ Moore, Cleo Herbert, both low-end twos. Um, Herbert did take over the backfield last week, but... That doesn't mean he's going to every single week moving forward. There could have been something in the matchup they really liked. He could have just been playing well and gotten more run in that game and a very good script for him. You know, they weren't getting dominated like they have in the past. But we don't know that every single week that's going to be the case. So like him, low end two. think if this role holds, it's really good long term we don't know if it will, so still a little hesitant, uh, I wouldn't just chuck him in there, you know, if you've got two other really good options, don't think you're like forced to play Cleo Herbert, it's still a bad matchup on the road as an underdog against the commanders, Um, but he's been running by 25 right now, More wide receiver 21, same sort of deal, if you've been rolling with other players, they've been doing good, you're not forcing him into lineups, but he looked good last week. Grades out decently well. Again, the wide receivers do have the best matchup in this game, at least for the Bears side. And if you need to use them, I'm totally fine with that. For the commander side, um, a lot less to like, but Brian Robinson is in a smash spot. He is a must start bears second best matchup for opposing running backs behind the denver broncos and then the commanders are five and a half point home favorites so potential game scriptly working out for him there in a great matchup uh this is one of those classic spots um, where robinson could push for over 20 carries could have you know 23 carries 100 yards and a touchdown no problem behind him really just terry mclaurin as a flex play uh sam howell logan thomas Perfectly fine as streaming options. I typically, um I kind of shy away from streaming options and fringe plays in these Thursday games because they can get kind of gross. Even if the matchup looks good, they haven't had a lot of time to prepare. A lot of these guys are, you know, just played a game on Sunday and it's a little bit banged up. Haven't had full time to recover, and so sometimes we just get these disgusting Thursday night games. Also. You don't really want to play people in the flex. So if you're not sure with Terry McLaurin, you're like, yeah, it's between him and someone else. Well, by playing him in the flex, you lose that flexibility come Sunday. So if there's a fringe play, usually lean towards not playing them. But Commanders do with a good team total. Again, you're definitely playing Brian Robinson. Sunday games going to kick off with another London game. So another uh, service announcement here. Please know that it starts at 9.30 Eastern. That's 6.30 a.m. Pacific jaguars at bills a lot of you have players in that game make sure you've set your lineup for those spots um really again it's it's again jaguars at bills if you wanted to think which team has the advantage here well the jaguars play way more than any other team in london they've got a decent number of fans there i don't think it's going to be anything crazy you know it might be kind of like you know like a raiders home game or a chargers home game where you still got plenty of the opposing crowd uh but it's at bills again don't think the game is in buffalo it's in London. Good total, forty-eight and a half points. Bills five and a half point favorites in this one. Uh, for the Jaguar side, it's a negative matchup all around. Obviously, the Bills' defense is elite. They're not a defense we're looking to attack in any way. Um, no one stands out as like you know having a, a horrible matchup. We can't possibly play against. But again, every single position, the matchup grades out as poor. Um, there are no must starts on the Jaguar side, but. Etan's a running back 19, decent play. Uh, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, both grayed out as flex plays. And I don't have that same issue. Like, if you want to play someone in the flex on the 9-30 game, I mean, at that point, you probably know. We haven't had the inactives, but you probably know what your starting lineup is. So I'm fine playing people in the flex there if you need to. But again, there'd be no point to. If Christian Kirk is going to be your flex play, Put them into wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, just put them into a wide receiver spot because you're playing a wide receiver. Just open up the flexibility, even if you know you're not going to be like using someone else in that spot. But again, both flex plays there. Uh Trevor Lawrence down to quarterback 17. So that depends on what you have. Again, not a good matchup, hasn't been playing amazing, but uh there's at least ceiling here. So and sometimes we look at these players and the Guerrero's flex plays, you know, quarterback 17, and we're like, well, you know, not great, right? There's at least a chance in this spot. We know that the Jaguars are good. We know they're going to have some games where they score 34, 37 points. And we know the Bills are good. We know the Bills are going to score points. And so there's a world where Buffalo is scoring successfully is scoring quickly on big plays and so Jackson was back on the field they're in a trailing script they have to play faster to play more aggressive that can still lead to a good game from Lawrence Kirk Ridley so even if they grade out on average as mediocre plays there's still people I'd be fine with using just knowing that like their chance of hitting their ceiling maybe a little bit lower their floor also probably a little bit lower but they can still have good games and so I wouldn't shy away from using them to play you know other fringe plays that you're also not pumped with Uh, and then Evan Ingram. I mean, he's probably a must-start. I don't really care what the matchup is for Evan Ingram. You're probably just playing him every week, uh, just given the state of the tight end position. Uh, for the Bills, Allen, Diggs, always must-start. don't care what the matchup is there. Um, and then James Cook does grade out as like a, a good play at running back, too. It's worth noting that the matchup is actually difficult. Jacksonville quietly ranks as the eighth toughest matchup for opposing running backs. I'd still play him, but just temper expectations a little bit this week. And he did get the goal line carry last week. That doesn't mean he's like all of a sudden won the goal line job. It just happened to be that he was on the field. They were playing fast. They kept him on the field. If they had, you know, huddled, if they had um, had a big play and got to that point, they're still mixing in Damian Harris, Latavius Murray into those goal line carries. Um, Then, of course, you've got Gabe. You've got Kincaid. Gabe is what he is always. Right, could get you zero, could get you 30, could get you pretty much anywhere in between. Play him in the flex. If you don't mind sacrificing floor for that ceiling, just know that you can never be upset with Gabe Davis if he goes there and drops zero. Uh, Then Kincaid, honestly, didn't go off last week, but uh, the snaps also didn't skyrocket. Uh, But the trend is positive for him. Dawson Knox played 84% of snaps in week one, 71% week two, 60% week three, 50% last week. Trending down, and then we do have at least a trend up for Cole comment Again, Cole comment was only at like 51% or like he's like right there, but um it's positive that they're kind of shifting more towards him. Also, Jaguars fourth best matchup for opposing tight ends, so could be a nice little breakout spot for Kincaid, not expecting anything crazy, but 10-13 this week. I'd be playing him. Titans at Colts up next, starting off the one o'clock games. Uh this game has a 42 and a half point total, Colts one point home favorites for the Titans. Basically, just Derrick Henry or bust. Uh, Henry's obviously a must-start. Hopkins is a wide receiver 29 right now. It is the best matchup for opposing wide receivers against the Colts, so he's in a really good spot. But he's 37th in expected points per game in the season. He's got a very, very low dot. He's only had target counts of 5, 7, and 6 over the last three weeks. That's even with Traylon Burks missing time. Like, it's just not a spot that you're expecting. The Titans' passing attack to be amazing, to break out of 250 passing yards for Hopkins to go for 120 and a score. In a full PPR league, if you really need like a 5 for 50, that's probably what he's going to be around. Uh, So not an amazing play, but a fine one. And again, it's basically just him and Henry. It's no one else. And it's not even really Hopkins. Then for the Colts, uh, Richardson has been awesome. And at this point, he's a must start every single week. This is a pass funnel matchup. Uh, It's one we talk about all the time, just being like the Titans are very good stopping running backs. Teams are... Forced to go pass heavy. We saw that that doesn't mean every single week the passing tap goes off. Um, Had Burrow been healthy, that was a beautiful spot for Cincy last week. Um, But the point is, just because teams can't run the ball doesn't mean when they throw the ball, they're going to be wildly successful. Still a good spot, but know that it's not a lock that Richardson goes out there and throws for 350 yards. Jonathan Taylor is the big question mark here, though. He can return this week. As of recording, we have no idea. Uh, My guess is that we don't know until like Sunday or Saturday. Um, Hopefully, there's some sort of report. Hopefully, they tell us because it's not like the biggest secret in the world. Everyone knows he's potentially returning this week. It's not like the game plan is really going to change that much for the opposing team, right? I mean, if they know Jonathan Taylor is playing or they know he might be playing, they're game planning the same way. He might be playing, so let's game plan that if he's out there, and if not, it becomes easier on us having to stop Zach Moss instead. Like it's not really going to be any sort of advantage them hiding that. So hopefully we know on like Friday or Saturday. But uh point is second worst running back matchup. It's not a good spot for the running backs. If JT's active, I wouldn't expect him to get like a 90% snap share. Moss has been good. They trust him, they like him. I would expect them to pretty much split in the first game back. So if he returns this week, if it's a split, neither one of them is super appealing. But you would obviously lean towards the athleticism of Jonathan Taylor over Zach Moss. Like, Jonathan Taylor is a phenomenal running back. Uh, he never really was too injured to play early in the season. He's 100% right now. So I'd probably play him if he's out there. Unless we get word that it's like, you know, like a 20-snap limit, then maybe not. Uh, but I'll try and, like, you know, look into things. I'll adjust the rankings accordingly this week. Uh, but again, we just don't know right now. But I would say if, if JT is inactive... Even in this matchup, Moss has a high enough touch expectation. He'd probably be a running back, too. Uh, Then for the wide receivers, Titans are the third best matchup. So really good spot. Uh, Pittman, I would say he's, I don't want to say must start, but if you got Pittman, you're probably playing him. Uh, had a dud last week, but good player, good spot. I would play him. Uh, Then Downs, deeper full PPR format. You're probably playing him. He's a wide receiver 43 right now. I have some people on bye. Um, I have some people injured in my 12-team league. I'm still not starting downs. Like he's still someone that like is more of a long-term play. Uh, but again, full PPR deeper format, you can go there. Next up, we've got the Saints at the Patriots. Uh low 40 point total. Patriots are actually one and a half point home favorites. Did not expect to see that. For the Saints side, um playing at New England, never an ideal spot. Uh, Also, they're slight road underdogs. They have the third lowest team total of the week. So it's not a good environment for Saints players. Uh, You're definitely sticking to the studs in matchups like this. When you're on the road as an underdog, low team total, good defense on the other side. You don't want to be playing fringe players. Like, it's unlikely they really go off. So start Kamara, start Olave, probably bench everyone else. Michael Thomas is fine if you need him. Wide receiver 32 right now. Again, when I say right now, that's as of recording this on Wednesday. Then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning will all happen. I will be adjusting the rankings throughout the week. So, again, that's what it is right now. If you're watching this on Saturday and you're like, well, Nick, he's actually the wide receiver 35. Yeah, because sometimes I adjust the rankings according to news. Uh, But yeah, not pumped about Michael Thomas. I wouldn't expect him to rise in the rankings this week. Uh, Then for New England. Pretty much the same story. Uh, They might be slight favorites, a slightly higher team total, but Saints are still a very, very good defense. Uh, Their offense has been very bad this season. Um, Only player I'd use is Stevenson. Running back 20 right now, he lacks any sort of like significant upside while they're still giving Zeke the ball, while their offensive line is still terrible. So if you did well in the draft, if you did well picking up running backs in free agency, I would be fine benching every single Patriots player this week. Panthers at Lions. Up next, 45-point total. Lions, 9.5-point home favorites for the Panthers side. Uh, this is the single worst matchup for running back, so not a good spot for Miles Sanders or Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Sanders continues to rank well in expected points per game because the volume has been good, but the groin injury seems to be holding him back. He was down to a 43% snap share last week, now averaging 2.9 yards per carry in the season. That's not good. Better days are ahead for him, but honestly... I hope they just hold him out for a week or two, get him right, get him to 100%, then put him back out there. If he's going to keep, you know, kind of splitting touches with Chuba, keep being inefficient, it's not great. In a spot like this, maybe bench him this week. Um, That really only leaves Adam Thielen as the only player I'd start on the Panthers. They've got a number of different wide receivers all seeing okay volume, but no one's good enough to really play in 8, 10, or 12-team leagues, maybe as you move into 14 and 16-team leagues. Um, Thielen ranks 10th right now in expected points per game since week two, so in weeks two, three, and four, 10th and expected points per game, 7, 11, and 7 receptions in those games. That's crazy. He scored two touchdowns in three games. He's brought in 81% of targets. He's playing really well. They're peppering him as the number one. um, I would just keep playing him in the flex as that volume holds. Then for the Lions, Panthers are the worst matchup for opposing tight ends, but everyone else is a neutral matchup. So good defense on the other side, Uh, not one where, like, overly fearing for non-tight ends. Um, St. Brown, Montgomery. I mean, I don't even care what the matchup is at this point for St. Brown. Play him every week. And Montgomery proved last week, like, what do you have, 36 opportunities coming off of an injury? That was crazy. Um, Definitely not expected to see that many. Like, we figured he'd get more touches, mainly on the ground, but not a million opportunities like that. Uh, But right now, I mean, you just basically have to play Dave Montgomery at running back, too. I think Gibbs is... Fine to play better in full PPR because we will get more receptions, but fine to play as a low in running back too, hoping that they just slowly give him a few more touches. Um, But the ceiling isn't really that high. If he's only going to be out there for like, you know, 10 or so touches each week, you can only do so good. Even if he's going to average five, six yards per like touch, that's only five or six points add in a few for receptions, add in the low-ish potential for a touchdown because it's going to bring Montgomery onto the field, and it's not amazing. So you can play him as a lone running back, too. It's not an amazing play. Uh, then also, Jamison Williams is expected to return this week if he's able to play, which I think he will because it's you know it was the suspension, right? He wasn't injured. Well, he was, but he was working back, and he's, he has 100% from the hamstring injury. Um, so I would expect him to play, but they're going to bring him on slowly. He's going to see a few opportunities, a few design looks. And that could result in two receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. Like, absolutely. But you can't rely on that. So unless you're in a deep format, unless you're super desperate, I'd probably hold him on the bench, hope that he goes out there and has a great game, and that you can start him moving forward. Uh, but, like, I have him in that same league I have Downs. They're the only two players on my bench. Uh, I have multiple people injured or on bye, and so they're the only two I'm benching this week. Uh, but I'm benching them because the volume expectation isn't enough. Unless we get word that he's going to have a huge workload, but we won't get that workload. We're, we won't get that workload report, right? We're not going to hear that. Uh, they've already told us that the best thing for him right now is to be a reliable receiver, and what that means is they're hoping he can go out there, do what he's told, run the routes he's supposed to, get his a few design touches each week, and not screw things up. And then if he can do that, they'll slowly give him more and more opportunities the offense is going to run through montgomery gibbs st brown laporta and then a little bit of jameson williams for the next few weeks at least until he can maybe break out down the stretch so again don't play him uh, and then also laporta i said the matchup was bad but he's six unexpected points per game fourth in actual him regardless of matchup next up we've got the texans at the falcons low 41.5 point total falcons two point home favorites the texans uh, stroud's been playing awesome this season Um, though it's actually not a very good matchup you don't think about the Falcons as being some like incredible defense but they're a neutral matchup for quarterbacks Atlanta is the fifth worst matchup for opposing running backs and second worst matchup for opposing wide receivers but then for tight ends it's the best matchup so basically they're funneling targets in the middle of the field running backs aren't doing amazing wide receivers not doing good against them but tight ends are doing really well so Uh, I would say even in the matchup, it's tough because you don't really expect Houston to take advantage of that because they're not really using their tight ends. Um, So better play. Like, obviously, um, Schultz is a better play than he would be most weeks. But many of you probably aren't even starting him, even though it's a great matchup. Uh, But I would just say, like, regardless of matchup, Nico's getting enough work right now. His work is coming deep downfield. I'd play him. I don't really care what the matchup is. 23rd expected points per game, 7th and actual. So he's getting lucky on some of these deep targets. But lucky, as in he's a good wide receiver, and Stroud's been playing really well. He's been very accurate, and so it's not all luck. He's playing very, very well. He's scoring a lot in fantasy, and his role is really strong. So I would play Nico Collins. um, I mean, two games over 140 score in in four weeks. Like, you you kind of just have to throw him in the flex. Hope for the best there. Um, Tank Dell can also be started in the flex. um, Though his targets are a little bit more up and down, um, and especially in this matchup. You probably do have better options, but if you don't, you can play him. Uh, Then Pierce, fine play at running back. Shot up to 26 opportunities last week, but a season high 59% of the snap. So definitely a positive trend there. Uh, If the Texans can get ahead this week, because it's only a two point spread. So they could definitely be the team that's winning. Um, He can have another really, really good game. He just kind of needs that like positive game strip to really hit. Um, But I, I think I'd play him as a low end running back too. And actually am in my dynasty league. I have a crazy amount of people on by this week. There's only four teams on by, but apparently I have everyone on the chargers on the Seahawks and on the Browns because my entire bench and like all of my league is just people on by and it was week five. I was like, how is this already happening? Uh, but again, I mean, I guess if you stack up, I stacked up the chargers in one of my league and one of my leagues like, well, that's going to happen, right? It's going to look bad on the bye week. Uh, but yeah, mostly Schultz can be streamed. Stroud can be streamed, but you're playing Nico and you're probably playing, uh, Damian Pierce this week for the Falcons, uh negative matchup for everyone, except for the running backs, for which it is a smash spot. And it's really only negative. I mean, the Texans are a good defense, right? And so they can take things away from tight ends, quarterbacks, wide receivers, but it's mostly negative because they're so bad at defending the run that teams run it, right? Like teams are like, okay, well, like this is the easiest way to attack you. So we're not going to try and target our wide receivers a million times. Why don't we just run it? And then you play the Falcons, and it's like, oh, no, right? That's exactly what they want to do. Arthur Smith is just got to be so excited for this matchup. He's won the ball a million times. It's probably why my model actually has it at five and a half points. Usually, it's not super in love with the Falcons, especially how they're kind of running their offense right now. But in this spot, five and a half points, it's projecting, even though Vegas has it at two. That's a pretty big gap, and I think it's because it's such a good matchup for the running backs. Uh, Bijan, number two running back in the week. He's set up to explode. For everyone else, it's honestly not that great. Like, Pitts is clearly not 100%. Uh, when this being a spot that they can successfully run it, they don't really need to go there. So I'm not expecting huge volume for Pitts. I'd play Bijan, and I'd probably bench every single other Falcons player. Algier is fine if you're desperate, if you're in a deeper format, if you've got a ton of buys and injuries. He played 15 snaps last week, and I know the matchup is good. And if they're running a lot of plays, he'll be more involved. But I think it's really just Bijan or Bust for the Falcons. Next up, we've got Ravens at Steelers, very low, 38.5-point total, Ravens 3.5-point road favorites. For the Ravens, Lamar, Andrews, weekly must starts. Assuming Odell and Bateman are out again, Flowers is a really quality play at wide receiver too, uh, seeing very strong volume for a rookie, up to 98% of the snaps last week. That's really, really good volume, seeing 98% of the snaps in week four as a rookie. Um, if those other receivers come back, I have a little bit less interest, but I think at worst you're playing flowers in the flex spot. Um, honestly, behind those three, I probably avoid everyone else. Gus is fine, but he's very low upside play. He's a touchdown dependent, low end running back too, running back 25 right now, no ceiling, pretty low floor. I prefer not to play him or any of the other running backs for the Steelers. There's honestly very little to like. They are home underdogs against a very, very good defense. Um, They have a backup quarterback playing. Everyone's matchup grades out as poor. Like it's just, I know the volume. Like if you've got Deontay out, you've got Frymuth out. I mean, a lot of the volume is going to throw flow through the running backs and through George Pickens. It's just that they're going to be so inefficient. Uh, They're not going to have a lot of scoring opportunities. If you want to play George Pickens, I think that's completely fine. Uh, but you're playing him based on talent and opportunity, not based on matchup. And the running backs, they did well last week, but it was against the Texans, right? Everyone does well against the Texans. The Ravens are a much stronger defense than the Texans. Um, again, it's its not great. I would play Pickens, um, probably not anyone else. If you have to play the running backs, it's fine, but don't expect a lot. Final 1 o'clock game is going to be Giants at Dolphins uh, High. 49.5 point total, uh, but a lot of those points coming on the Dolphins side, right? It is not going to be a close game. 11 point home favorites for the Dolphins. For the Giants, uh, we'll see if Saquon's able to return this week. If he's able to play him, probably won't be 100%, but they're not going to throw him out there if he's not good to go. So if he's out there, play him. Um, he can play produce, even if he's at like 70%. If he misses, I probably wouldn't play Brita. You can if you're desperate. If you're in like a 14, 16 team league, you, you better hope you're not relying on Matt Brita in like a 10 or a 12 team league. If you really have to in 12 team league, you can. It's, it's not great though. Um, only other viable option, honestly, is Daniel Jones or Darren Waller. Jones looked awful on Monday night, uh, but to be fair, like he looked awful. But he ran for 66 yards. He completed over 79% of his passes. He just got sacked 10 times. And, you know, his offensive line is just a pile of garbage. And so he drops back, instantly starts running for his life, and either scrambles or hits someone. But it's like, you know, it's tough for him. So you can't put all the blame on Daniel Jones if he's instantly seeing pressure. Like, he didn't play horribly. He made some bad mistakes. But the offensive line is making it seem worse than it is for him. Um, But... It's going to be gross like recommending him as a play, and I'm not really recommending him as a play, but you look at the rushing expectation. I mean, he had 66 rushing yards, right? That's the same as 165 passing yards. Like 66 rushing yards is going to give you a good floor and a good ceiling. You know, he was sacked 10 times. He threw two interceptions. They scored, he scored zero touchdowns. I don't think they scored a touchdown, but he definitely didn't. He still scored 8.7 fantasy points. So it's like, when when he has these horrific games, I mean eight point seven for multiple picks, no touchdowns, sack ten times, you'd assume two or three points from the quarterback, not eight point seven. So the rushing helps, it's underrated. I don't really want to recommend him as a strong play, but if you have to play him, don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, then for Waller, target share is dropping. It's now down to 17%. And as it goes below 17%, we're going to start to panic. We really want it at like 17 to 20%. And we prefer over 20% given the volume of this offense, uh, but it's tight end. If you drafted him, you don't have another option. I would probably just keep playing him. But like if you picked up um, Ferguson, if you picked up Sam Laporta, if you want to play Kincaid over him, I think that's completely fine. Don't be upset if he goes out there and has seven for 70 and a touchdown. He's still Darren Waller. Miami's a sixth best matchup proposing tight ends. Uh, but if you're fed up with it and you want to start someone else, fine. Four o'clock games kickoff with Eagles at Rams. This game is a 47 half point total. Should be a really good one. Eagles, four and a half point road favorites. The Eagles, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Gordon Smith, uh, DeAndre Swift, all must starts. They're getting great volume. Goddard's also my tight end 13. That depends on what you have. in that similar situation as Darren Waller. Um, Rams are actually... You wouldn't think it, right? A negative matchup, though, for all positions. Like, going into the year, we thought it was like a smash. Everyone was going to dominate the Rams. They've been pretty solid, but the Eagles are so consolidated in offense. Uh, they have such elite playmakers. Matchup doesn't really matter that much. Play them. Then for the Rams... A lot depends on Cooper Cup. Uh, We probably won't know his status till the end of the week. He's trying to play, but we'll have to see what happens on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If he's out, you're playing Kyron, you're playing Puka, you're playing Tutu. If Cooper Cup plays, you're still playing Kyron, you're playing Cooper Cup if he's out there, and I think you're still playing Puka. I think he'll still have a role in this offense, still be very good. So I would play those three, and then Tutu would still be someone you could play but he'd be more of like a boom-bust option as like a low-end second flex, but that's probably what uh, he would be. It'd be unlikely if Cooper Cup came back also having Puka, that 2-2 would be the one to go off. So you'd be relying on a touchdown or a big play with that one. Uh, Higby has actually come to life a little bit recently. Uh, He does have the best matchup among this team, but if Cup returns, I think I'd prefer to just see what the target distribution is then maybe play Higby. I think Higby could be impacted a lot if Cup returns. Uh, so I want to see it first. Next up, we've got Bengals at Cardinals. This game has a 44 and a half point total. Bengals, three point road favorites. For the Bengals, uh, Burrow obviously still injured, uh, looks very injured when he's playing. Uh, and now Higgins has a rib injury. We don't know the status of Higgins. He wants to play, but my guess is he takes at least a week off. Um, probably going to come down to the wire though. And if he plays, I would probably play him. The Cardinals are a negative match for wide receivers, but he's too good of a player. I don't know. I'd have a tough time benching if he's out there. But, I mean, I get it, right? If Burrow's injured, he's a little bit gimpy going into the games. Like, maybe you don't play him. Um, either way, whether Higgins plays, Higgins doesn't play. Play Chase play Mixon. Uh, Burrow should continue being left on benches just until he proves he's healthy. He needs to have a good game. He needs to look half decent for you want to play him. Uh, my guess is it takes a few more weeks. Um, ideally, they would just sit him, right? How he's playing right now can't be that much worse than the backup. And if he can get healthier quicker by just not practicing, don't practice, don't play in the game, take a week or two off, then come back, I got to think that helps them more in the long run than him playing poorly for like a month or two, right? So I don't think it'll happen. Um, I think it's going to be a few weeks before you can really use him again, but is what it is, right? I think you have to kind of keep him on the bench. Some people have asked about uh, potentially dropping him, and I think it just depends on your league. If you're in an 8 or a 10-team league, yeah it's totally fine to drop them. There's great options on free agency, and it's not like someone's going to scoop them up and then dominate every week moving forward because of that's an 8- or 10-team league. If you're in a 12-team league, a 14-team league, you probably want to hold on to them a little bit more. There's less options on free agency. Um, hopefully, the have a deep enough bench to where you can keep them on the bench, Hopefully, you can get healthy. My guess is you can't play them this week, you can't play them in week six, and then they go on by in week seven, that in week eight, nine, ten, like that general range... That's when I think he's going to be much more healthy. We're going to be using him then. So it really comes down to what can you afford. If you haven't won a game yet, you're 0-4, you need someone, yeah, drop him. If you're 0-4, you got to make some moves, right? If you're like 2-2 and 2, and you can afford to keep him on the bench... I just don't see how picking up like a backup running back or something is more beneficial to you long term. You got to know you can't use him right now. But you also got to know that if he ends up being 100% in like week 10, 11, 12, you're going to want that way more than whoever you picked up on free agency right now, unless it's like some rock star option. But you're also watching this on Thursday. I don't think there's any rock star options that are available to you on free agency. Now the waivers have also passed. So I'd keep him. But again, you can drop him in 10 team leagues. Uh, Oh, and Boyd. Don't play Boyd. Uh, like he could have a good game, but his target share is only going to go up by a few percentage points. And you know Higgins and Chase have struggled to produce at times. Like you think Tyler Boyd's going to go out there have an amazing game? Probably not. Anyone can score a touchdown. Anyone can get lucky, but Boyd has to get lucky to produce right now. Uh, for the Cardinals, Connor's a strong play at running back two. Ertz find a stream, uh, but you obviously need a touchdown from Ertz. I mean he runs like three yards downfield praise that he can catch a ball more than like seven yards. Uh, Dobbs is actually a perfectly fine streaming option. Doesn't grade out amazingly, but he's getting designed runs. So he has rushing upside on uh, both on like yardage and with touchdowns. And he's looked pretty well. He doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, he's hitting his marks. Like he looks good. And so if you had to stream him, I am perfectly fine doing that. Like you're basically playing him knowing that he's got a relatively high floor, but not that high of a ceiling But I have him ranked ahead of Joe Burrow right now. So if you wanted someone else instead of Burrow, I think you can play Dobbs instead. Uh, Bengals are also the fourth best matchup proposing wide receivers. So I think Marquise Brown, I think Michael Wilson are both in good spots, both fine plays. Uh, Marquise Brown is more of a flex play. Wilson more that like, You know, flex play in a three wide receiver format, second flex play, probably not someone in a two wide receiver, one flex league that you need to play. You probably have someone better um, and I'm not going to have him rank super high, but he's on the upwards trend. Um, If you've got a bunch of bunch of chargers, Seahawks wide receivers, maybe you got Higgins out too. And you're like, Nick, I need someone this week. You can do worse than Michael Wilson. Next up. We've got chiefs at Vikings, extremely high 53 point total chiefs, five and a half point road favorites. For the Chiefs, Mahomes, Kelsey obviously must starts. Pacheco saw his largest snap share of the season in week four. He also got 23 opportunities, turned that into 158 in a score. If they give him the touch, he's going to produce. It's a great offense. Uh, he's honestly a very, very good player. So explosive, just runs so mad. He runs like he's angry, like it's the last touch he's ever going to see in his life. And you'll love that, right? Um, the matchup's not good, uh, but who cares like he's a weekly running back too if he's going to see this sort of volume um and given how well he's been playing i expect him to hold this volume uh, as for the wide receivers we continue to wait for a she rice to get more opportunities but for the time being bench them all no one's seeing enough touches to so we starting uh then for the vikings cousins jefferson hawkinson all must starts madison is an okay low end running back too. addison is like an okay low floor flex play but we saw the floor last week it was very low um Cam Akers did mix in for 29% of the snaps last week. He gained 40 yards on five carries. He had 11 yards on two receptions. That resulted in Madison seeing his lowest snap share of the season, only 69%, which is still good. But given the game script, like, okay, he got all those touches. If the game script is flipped because they're playing Kansas City, if they find themselves down, maybe he doesn't see all those opportunities. He had 17 carries. Akers had five. That's 22, 23, 22 opportunities for them. Uh, And that's only carries actually. It was uh, he had the one receptions, we're adding three. So it actually is 25 total opportunities for these running backs. We could see that drop down to like 17 or 18 opportunities for the running backs in a trailing script. And then if they're kind of splitting that, well, now we're seeing a much lower floor, much lower ceiling. So again, you can play Madison as low on two, but don't be upset if You know, this week, Akers goes out there and has 40% of the snaps, has seven opportunities. And you look at Madison, he has his like, you know, 11 or 12 opportunities. And you're like, oh, well, that's not as great. So could be bad in the near future, um, but we're not playing Akers right now. Final 4 o'clock game is going to be Jets at Broncos, 43-point total, Broncos, 2-point home favorites. The Jets, uh, it's a dream matchup. Denver is the number one matchup for running max number two matchup for quarterbacks, number three matchup for tight ends. It is not a top five matchup for wide receivers, but it is still positive. It's positive all the way around. Very positive for many. This defense has allowed 57 more yards per game than the second worst defense in the NFL. They resurrected the bears offense last week. Fields more comment all finished top five at their position. Now, The Jets are not a great offense, but we talked about this last week. And it was honestly a question we pondered. It was like, okay, this defense is so bad, but are they really bad against the Dolphins, who are an amazing offense, or are they bad against everyone? Like, will the Bears dominate and take advantage of the matchup? Well, they did. And so the Jets are probably a worse offense than the Bears, but they have some good players. And so I would play Garrett Wilson this week. I would play Brees Hall this week. The press conference just came out. They said Brees Hall is not on a touch limit. Um, take that with a grain of salt. People are going to freak out, of course. Take it with a grain of salt. And like they're not saying he's going to go out there and have 25 touches every single week. It's not going to be a complete reversal from a week before where now he's getting a million touches every week. But he looks good. He's explosive. It's a dream matchup. Like, this is a great spot. Play Garrett Wilson. Play Brees Hall. You could start Zach Wilson. I had to make the call in my 16-team league because I have Geno Smith on by. And I chose not to add Zach Wilson. So some of you will have the option. You probably don't need to go there. Uh, But if you had to, this is the only time we're probably ever going to recommend Zach Wilson as a play. This defense is that bad. That Zach Wilson is potentially a play in fantasy. Uh, they have good players. Like if Garrett Wilson's going off. Like if you if you had to play Alan Lazard, you're in a 14-team, three-wide receiver league. You have to play Alan Lazard. This is the matchup. So yeah, if you have to play Jets players, do it this week. But again, most of you can just play Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. And I would play them. Uh, for the Broncos... It's an awful matchup, like the the polar opposite, right? The Jets are the worst matchup for wide receivers by a mile. They're really only susceptible to tight ends, and it's only because they're so good at everything else. They funnel to the tight end position. Um, Sutton, Juni, fine in the flex spot. Maybe like the wide receiver three spot or the flex spot in a three wide receiver league. Um, If you can bench them, I probably would. If Javante Williams misses this week, which is my guess, but we also haven't learned anything, so we'll see what we learn later in the week. Uh, if he misses, you can stream Jaleel McLaughlin. He looked really good. He's not a lot to go off. He probably won't go off again, but if you had to, you have buys, injuries, you had Javonta Williams, and you have to play one of them, uh, I would play McLaughlin. I think he's a fine play, but it's the Jets. We don't want to play fringe defenses against the Jets, even when you're at home. And even when you're a slight favorite, because they could definitely lose this game. Sunday night game is going to be one of the best games of the week. Probably the best game of the week. Cowboys at 49ers, 45 point total, 49ers, three and a half point home favorites. For Dallas, uh, it's a negative matchup for everyone except for the wide receivers. San is actually the fifth best matchup for opposing wide receivers. Likely because they're so good at stopping everything else. Again, it's kind of similar to like the Jets. Jets are great at stopping everything else. Targets get funneled to the 10m position, um opposite for San Fran, good at everything else. Targets get funneled to the wide receivers. That being said, um we always have those concerns when you're playing against San Fran and that if you haven't gotten there by the middle of the fourth quarter and San Fran gets the ball back, you might not get another snap because San Fran can close the game with seven, eight, nine, ten 10 minute drives just completely take the air out of things. And that really hurts the upside and the floor of everyone that goes against them on the other side and has nothing to do with their defense. It's the offense on the other side. That's so good. So able to just do these long, slow drives that they can, that can be really bad. It can limit production and fantasy. So all Cowboys players have a lower floor than usual. Um, They have a worse chance of hitting their ceiling. So we don't want to start secondary plays in this game on this side. Uh, Pollard, lamb weekly must starts you can stream jake ferguson totally fine dax my quarterback 15 so it depends on what you have there uh but after those four i'd leave other cowboys on benches then for the 49ers um dallas has an elite defense but you can always start the studs for san fran in any matchup McCaffrey, ayuk debo kittle all good plays bench everyone else not all of them will go off every week actually all of them will not go off every week someone's gonna have a bad game maybe two of them have mediocre games but every single one of them has a week-winning ceiling. You have to play them every week. Then finally, Monday night game this week, Packers at Raiders, 44.5-point total, Packers 2-point road favorites for the Packers. uh, The Raiders are a solid matchup. Um, They're not dreadful on defense, but they're not good. They're susceptible to pretty much anything. Also, Packers are getting healthier, so I'm expecting a good game from the Packers this week. Uh, Christian Watson played 46% of the snaps last week. Aaron Jones played 35% of the snaps. Both were reportedly on snap counts entering the week, so we knew they would not be at 100%. Um, and obviously, they'll never be at 100% of the snaps, but 100% of what they would be on a normal week. I'm expecting both to be closer to full strength this week, it's a very winnable matchup for them. I would get Aaron Jones and Christian Watson into starting lineups this week. Dobbs went off last week. He's actually 17th in expected points per game on the season. So the volume has been really, really good for him. He's hurt by Watson returning, obviously, but not by a, a significant amount. Not by enough to, if you were playing him before, you want to use him the flex. Totally fine doing that. Better in full PPR, but still good playing half PPR. Uh, And then I'm not expecting Musgrave to play. So that kind of helps everyone out just a little bit. Um, People just almost never return the week following a concussion. So I'd imagine he's out. Don't go to the backup ends there and don't risk it. If you don't know if he's playing come Sunday, play someone else at tight end. It is not worth risking him. Even if you're like, oh, I could just put him in IR and start one of the other tight ends. Okay, the other ends are not going to do anything. I would rather pick up a tight end, Play them on Sunday, because it's really not the end of the world if you don't play Musgrave and he plays in this matchup. Uh, And then, honestly, Jordan Love, good streaming option this week. Ninth in expected points per game this season. Fourth in actual good volume. And that's with his skill players always being hurt. Christian Watson just returned last week. Um, He had Aaron Jones in week one, but then didn't have him weeks two, three. So, like, he's never really had. And then last week, even Aaron Jones and Christian Watson were limited, right? So, probably won't have Musgrave, so they still won't be 100% healthy. But... This is probably the healthiest they will be as a team this season. I'd feel pretty good about using him. Then for the Raiders side, same as always, very easy. Start Adams, start Jacobs, start Myers, bench everyone else. Um, they're seeing pretty much every single opportunity on this offense. I know Myers had a bad game last week. That was with Aiden O'Connell, quarterback. Um, I imagine Jimmy G's return this week. So I would play all three. So it's a breakdown of every game this week. If you want to see my exact rankings for every scoring format, along with my detailed projections for every single player, you can see all that on my website, the fantasy I'll do it for this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.